0: This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR, 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem.
1: We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. What you been doing this week? I don't care. This is Stanley (laughs) Fritz, your favorite engineer on the PC ones and twos. And I am back here talking to you on the ones and twos and also on the Facebook lives and also on the FMs. And is anyone still on Ustream? Do we still have a stream team?
2: Yes. Cool yes good to know excited
1: for another one hour show yes. Can you believe it guys no new year new us jackie who let you in here
0: <gasps> hi guys. welcome back jackie <laughs> and Thank you. welcome to let your voice be heard right here i mean right here on whcr 90.3 fm the voice of harlem of course this is a show where we talk politics social issues and foreign policy from a diverse millennial perspective that was Stanley who introduced the show. I don't know if he introduced his name, but um, that's Stan- right? Pretty much. That was Stanley. <laughs> I'm Selena Hill, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Hill. Miss, spelled with the M S, not an M R S like Jackie Soon will be.
3: Oh my Ooh. god! Got some fire up in here. <laughs> All right. How do you that's know she's? How do you-, how do you know she's going to go to MRS? She could stay as MS. You could. Are you going to? Probably not, right? I'm not Kay. I'm not changing my name or anything.
2: So You're not changing your no. last name? No, I, no. I'm oh Jackie Cohen forever <gasps> for life. Is oh ben my god. Is Ben changing his last name? Yes, yeah, he's going to change his. He should I mean like we both have like equally Jewish sounding last names, so it kind of like would be weird. I don't know. Like there's nothing different. It's just like another similar sounding last name. So he's not changing his last name. I'm not changing my last name. If we have kids, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm not thinking that far. Neither one <laughs> will yet. submit
1: to the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: you guys. If we have a son, he'll take my last name and a daughter. That's a yeah. his, I guess. I and don't know. Just be a I haven't nice really thought mixed about mixed it too up, far. blended yeah. last name family. But anyway, I'm Jackie Cohen um for now and forever. And you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Jackie Cohen. That's J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. And I'm happy to be here. I missed last week's first inaugural one hour show. Yeah, and I'm very excited. You know. Gonna have some brunch afterwards. Gonna get some, you know, this extra hours. Like, Absolutely. what am I gonna do with my life? I don't know.
0: We haven't seen Jackie all year. Oh my god, <laughs> Selena! Right, it's
2: funnier every time you make that joke.
1: <laughs> you can you can only shoot a horse in the face one time, Selena. <laughs> yeah, that's You've true. You've done it off five. <laughs> so, anyway. All right. Anyways, <laughs>
3: uh, and I'm Alyssa Fuchs, and I'm your legal correspondent. You can find me online at uh, Facebook.com/slash Alyssa Fuchs with an I, or on the the politically preposterous fan page, of course. Um, or you can find me on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs, where apparently people really like that I talk to the governor and tell him how bad the subways are. Yeah, well, were you
0: trolling, uh,
3: Cuomo? Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, that's, that's like what I do in my spare time. I troll the governor, the president, sometimes the mayor. I love it.
1: Well, just before we move on, guys, so last night I was watching movies with friends and we saw there was new Bring It On out.
3: That's what they call it there these days? Watching is? movies with friends? Yes. <laughs>
1: it's called Bring It On Worldwide. It is the worst movie Wait, I've ever seen. Ha-
2: and you didn't even see the movie. You saw the trailer for No, it. we watched the movie. Oh, you watched the movie? When made you it. watch
1: it? We had just finished watching Black Mirror, which was soul crushing. Yeah. And then I was like, I need to watch something funny. And then my friend Tasha was there. She goes, oh, look, they have a new Bring It On. I go, no, it's not. It's an old one. And we looked, and it was a new one. So we put it on. It is the w- it's so bad. It is horrible. Like, I mean, they mad, made
2: how many of them?
1: Did about they 37 make? now. Yeah, too too many. many. Too yeah. many. There's one part of the movie, the beginning of the movie, this other chili group challenges them, right? And then they go, what are we going to do? And the lead cheerleader goes, run. And she just runs away. And all of a sudden, she's in the projects and she has a bag. And there's like a whole bunch of like ghetto kids doing their oh, cool good. dance, it's, it's I just,
0: can't. Yeah. The first one was enough, and I love the first yeah, one. Yeah, right. But then I didn't, even they, I didn't know they made sequels. Some movies Horrible.
3: just should not be remade. like yeah. they just don't need a second part. And then there's other movies that like have to have a second well, part. Well, did
2: you see that there's like the Oceans Eight movie coming yes, out? Yeah, with that's Rihanna, all together, with Rihanna and Mindy Kaling, mm. and yeah, is it's that supposed to really be a good... prequel? I have no idea. I I don't know anything. Mean, I don't was- even... I think I saw Ocean's Eleven once and right. I didn't see any of the I sequels. Mean, Ocean's but- Eleven is
3: great. I mean, like, look at, you know, movies like... Um- What's that book series that all the kids were reading? Harry Potter? No, no not Harry Potter. The other one. Um, Twilight? No. R.L. Stein. Hunger Games? Hunger Games. Okay. Sorry. Like you got to like, be a I'm little lo- more specific. I'm losing I was about to say Jennifer Lawrence. R.L. Stine. Like, that has to have a part two <laughs> and goosebumps? a part three. Yeah, I was thinking about Goosebumps. <laughs> and a part four because of the way it's you made. You're definitely and, a 90s child. <laughs> I'm such
0: a 90s. <laughs> all really right, uh, so. guys. Speaking of sequels and prequels, um, yeah, so... There's been an ongoing series of isms and phobias with this White House, the Trump administration. And I mean, if you want to talk about sequels, this week, it's Trump blasting <laughs> yeah. all nations of Africa, Haiti, and El Salvador. Um, he called them in explicit word what
2: yeah
3: of course we're not allowed to say it's it's so bad that we
2: literally the government will fine us if we say what the president said if we repeat what the president said the government will fine us money so we won't say it yeah
0: that's That's how horrible it is. So we, me, um,
3: this is this is the sequel to the to the last comments about what did he say last week? All Haitians have AIDS and all Nigerians live in huts. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so part just, two. Part two.
0: I'm, right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We also have some news roundup stories, hopefully on the positive side, because then we're just going to go downhill when talking about Trump. But don't worry, guys, we will also end with a call to action to let you know how we can continue to resist. How can we do it? And protect our immigrants. Well, we can't give that away now. Mm-hmm. We gotta wait to the rest of the show, guys. And of course, if you wanna let your voice be heard, give us a call at 212-650-6903. You can also tweet us at Beheard underscore radio. And you can leave comments on our Facebook live stream at facebook.com/slash let your voice be heard. We appreciate everyone who's watching and the comments that are already coming in. Thank you so much. Hi to Deborah from Indiana. She no, says, that's Hi, my mom. Oh. She's
3: in Indiana right now. Wow. She's waiting for a plane to come back to New York.
0: Awesome. And shout out to Ken Roy, who also says with Trump, offensive but not surprising. Unless Mueller and 2020 come, there will always be a soap opera with this president. I mm. agree with that, Ken Roy. For you know, sure.
1: I agree with it too. I want to go on a break, guys. Can we go on a break? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, great. I have a song ready.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, set? Oh, I was late. We are back on Let Your Voice <laughs> Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the Voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, this is Stanley, Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Jackie Cohen, and of course, the bagel goddess, Alyssa Fuchs. What,
2: what? Is that... An anti Semitic. No, no, Alyssa <laughs> no, literally
0: made us homemade bagels this Jack- morning. Jackie knows, Lena. I uh, no, I'm no, the joking. Stanley,
3: if you try to checkmate me one more time, oh, like, that's not, that's, like that's not I mean, listen, uh, is, I'll Selena. stereotype myself. My great grandfather, Ira, was a baker. That's what he did well, for you a could, living. You could have stopped at Ira. Um, <laughs> he was Jewish. He grew up in Brooklyn. So the, you know, the apple I didn't never fall made far from a tree. bagel. The bagel doesn't fall far from the
2: bakery. right? And, I mean, what so a lot good. of people don't know is it's really hard to make bagels. You have to boil them. You have to bake them. You have to let them ride. Like, it's a whole thing. We take it for
3: granted when we go to and the corner store. And Alyssa made them this morning. Store. I know. Well, I made them last night. And then I had to get up early this morning to complete them because gotcha. they have to sit overnight. Well, we are um, very appreciative. But it's yeah. actually not that difficult. And I got my recipe from the Washington Post. And so.
1: sprinkled some k2 in them so i'm a little spicy this morning no i definitely oh. did not do that
3: <laughs> don't believe stanley don't thanks listen to the, to, thanks him. to
1: the k2 Alyssa. i don't know
3: i was <laughs> oh, so speak- trouble. speaking of getting in trouble last
0: night so last night hawaii <clears throat> was sent an emergency alert that said and i quote ballistic missile threat inbound to hawaii seek immediate shelter this is not a drill in an age where Donald Trump continues to taunt Kim Jong-un and North Korea into a nuclear war, this is terrifying.
2: Yeah, so people got alerts on their phone. I think it was during the day. They got alerts on their phone like we all do you know, on our phones when there's like an Amber Alert or something that people are being alerted to, like a flash flood warning or something like that. People got this message, which is terrifying. And what's even more wild about this story is that it was sent by mistake. There was no threat. There was no ballistic missile being sent. Um, and I, from what I understand, the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency is trying to figure out what happened, if somebody pressed the wrong thing.
3: or, well, But it was a, sent by mistake, this terrifying message. Two things. Uh, well, one, I actually have friends that are in Hawaii. They said, so I spoke to them and they were posting about it on Facebook and said it was, like, uh, being in Hawaii was absolutely terrifying. I can only um, imagine. Uh, you know, uh, obviously it was, it was scary for the rest of us. But this reminds me of, in some ways, uh, uh, back during the 80s, there Was uh, um, this time where they thought that the uh, Soviets, uh, well, then the Soviets, which is now Russians, had launched a nuclear attack, and it turned out uh, that it was a false alarm, just like this was. Um, But this was a little different in that it wasn't that the people got notified of something; it was the government being noted, uh, notified, and Ronald Reagan had to make a decision about whether or not to strike back um, because they thought that there was incoming missiles. And, you know, eventually there was this guy, I believe he was a Navy man, who realized that it was not real um, and notified the president, you know, don't strike back. Um, But this is, you know, part of what nuclear is, why nuclear is so scary, is that somebody can make a mistake. uh, um, And yes, this was just a mistake in, you know, people getting notified about a nuclear weapon. But somebody can make a mistake and actually the president could believe that there's a nuclear weapon and And given who the president is these days, that is a very scary prospect.
2: I mean, what was wild about this was, you know, after this story broke and we learned that it was fake and whatever else, I I was home with my partner and we were talking about what would we do if we got this message? I mean, it literally said ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. And we had this whole conversation. What will we do? And he was like, well, we go to the basement of our building. And we thought, you know, we like had this whole like logistical conversation. Then I'm like, what? Like this is the world that we're living in now, that we're trying to figure out how we would take shelter in case of a
1: nuclear attack.
3: Well, there's yeah. still a lot of fallout shelters here in New York City. Yeah, that's true. Complete. Although still. I don't know if they actually would do anything, but that's another <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's another.
1: I hate to be the one that makes a joke about this. <laughs> but, like, but do, do you too. hate to? Really? I don't even think you yes, hate I, it. Yes, you absolutely do need do to. Do you? Okay. What if the emergency like alert system was just Selena going, oh my God, y'all, there's a mess <laughs> hole coming. Because you guys know how like, over-exaggerated something it can be. That would be- I so really,
0: <laughs> you can't over-exaggerate a reaction to this. You Listen. can. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought he just died. I like, I think it got me. She,
3: she got, ah! I actually, I I'm beard, really
2: into beard. that idea. If like, instead of like the like loud flashing noise and like the alert on your phone, it was just all of a sudden Selena's voice screaming through the phone, like, get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>, We're <why laughs> going to die. We're going to die. Oh it no, should
3: be Antoine Dodson and it should be hide your kids, hide your wife. They <laughs> nuking everybody up in here. Oh I love God. it. That
0: needs to be a meme.
1: Your son um, is going to die. You got to remove him right that's 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 your selena impression i'm happy about this anyway
0: no but yeah so speaking of things i'm not happy about let's talk about (laughs) something i am happy about we can talk about that dynamic speech that oprah uh gave at the golden globes uh last week it was moving tear jerking extremely inspirational and a lot of people are saying it sounds like she may be running for president
1: you know what my problem is with this speech I don't want Oprah to run for president, right? but because racist and sexist people keep saying stuff about her and comparing her to Trump, I then have to defend her. But I don't want her to run for president, but I can't say that because I have to defend her. But no, she should not run for president. Why not? Well, we need someone who actually is a politician. I believe someone who's worked through the system, someone who is not going to need, who's not going to have such a huge learning curve. We've took, taken a chance of having someone with no experience whatsoever and running a, a government on any level, and I'd rather not go through that again.
0: But but here's the thing: like I think Democrats need to run someone who's like popular, someone who has a strong following, yeah. someone but, that and can I'm do not, their job. So yeah, but
3: who do we have now that would Kamala qualify? Harris,
1: Cory Booker, Christian Gillenbrand. Chuck Schumer, hell, you want to Elizabeth Warren,
3: Chuck Bernie Schumer. Sanders, still. I mean, Governor are,
1: Cuomo, if I hated myself. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there are I, mo- mean, I mean, even the mayor keeps going to Iowa. So. You
1: know, I think Such after, after Trump
2: got elected, I think what we heard from a lot of people who were sort of in denial about it and trying to cope with it was that, well, the president doesn't really have that much power. The president is merely a figurehead. They don't really oh. do that much. And what we're learning is that's not true. The president has a lot of power and probably yep. has has gained more power in in recent decades than ever before. Maxine
1: Waters, the rock.
2: (laughs) And the list goes on and on. And so I would while I while I appreciate Oprah and I really enjoyed her speech, I would prefer somebody to enter into higher highest office in this country with some political background and experience.
0: Yeah, but I'll take her over Trump.
2: Well, I would take a lot of people over Trump. (laughs) Certainly her. (laughs) But, but, you know, the list
3: of people I would take over Trump is long. I
1: would take a bag of donuts (laughs) soaked in pee over Trump. So
3: would I. I second that. Um, Yeah, listen, we have to get away from this idea. Like, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, in theory, which means that anybody can run for president if they want to but that doesn't mean they should and that doesn't mean that just because somebody is a popular celebrity they have what it takes to actually govern we are seeing this right now where donald trump literally has no idea what's going on it's constantly like the bouncy castle over there like a 55 year old's birthday party where like nobody knows what's going on john kelly has to confiscate people's cell phones because otherwise they may start a nuclear war over twitter um you know and not saying oprah would do that but you you know, like we really need qualified people that have experience in government or at least have experience working tangentially um, like as a community organizer, like Barack Obama was um, before he became a state Senator. Um, You know, there are some people that are not politicians or have never worked in government that may very well be qualified uh, because of the jobs that they have done as maybe like CEOs. Um, But I just like, we have to get away from this idea that celebrities, TV stars, movie stars, stars would necessarily make good presidents just because you can act like the president in a movie doesn't mean you mm. can actually be the president
0: well quali black says on our facebook page billionaires and neoliberals have no business holding office there's a slew of other experienced and highly qualified black women that should run exactly thank you so much quali for leaving that comment i think the panel tends to agree here and guys if you no, want to call us back, actually okay oh really oh, oh yeah. let, me, let me just give you the number really quickly sure. it's two one two six, six five zero six nine
1: zero three so first of all, most people in this country are neoliberals because that is pretty much what we have been working under since the 1970s. And if you're not going after neoliberals, you're going after people who are either on the fringes or have not made have not made many strong grasp in building political power in this country because it has not been the norm. So that's a great talking point, but that's not actually the reality you're going to be facing if you're looking for a candidate. That's one. And then two, what kind of candidate do you want? Because I feel like people just throw out neoliberal. They don't really know what it means and they don't really have like... They don't know what non neoliberal would look like running the country.
2: Well, what would it look like?
1: Well, it would look like somebody who does not think that the industry will fix itself and that the market will correct itself. It's someone that's going to be more aggressive in holding corporations accountable, and it's probably someone who's moving away from the capitalistic structure that we have now. And I don't know if everyone's ready for that.
3: Or at least the crony capitalist structure that we have now. I mean, a lot of people seem to forget that right now we are not— by any means in any type of regular normal capitalist system we are in a system that is completely propped up and where rich people and corporations are subsidized by the government it's essentially reverse socialism for lack of a better term Um, so you know they they seem to forget that there is this middle ground um, between you know full blown communism and the crony capitalism we have now namely um, social democracy which is not necessarily socialism and so you know people want to throw around terms like neoliberal socialist capitalist this that and the third Um, but at the end of the day why don't we just like look for good people that are proposing realistic policies that we think are going to get things done i I just feel like it's a weird point coming from you and while i think you raise a good valid
2: point i think from you specifically stanley like you would be the first person to argue that you know just because you don't think people are ready doesn't mean that it's right you know like people weren't ready for obama and that was a huge argument. Obama was a
1: centrist neoliberal.
2: Yeah, but Obama was also a black man running for president in yeah. America. And a lot of people were saying, well, the country isn't ready for I didn't it.
1: think the country was ready either. Yeah. I have no faith in my people. I <laughs> have more faith in right. but So but, it's a
2: weird. It's a, it's just a weird argument coming yeah. from you.
1: I, I didn't expect you uh, to push back on this comment. It's not that I want to push back and that that's what we need. It's, I want to push back on the idea that that's what people really think. Because I think that we've gotten into this space where it's cool to say, you know, oh well, neoliberal and we don't want this kind of candidate. But then... of the people who are running or who are interested in running believe in supply-side economics in one form or another. Mm. So
0: it's just the reality of it. Yeah,
1: so like, instead of having those kind of conversations of, oh, neoliberal, using these buzzwords, the better question is what the candidate that you would support, what would they need to stand for? That's the better way to look at it. Right, and that's
3: sort of the point that
1: I was trying to make. And that's what would
3: make a great
0: in-depth conversation at a later time but that's a really interesting conversation that I think we'll definitely dig into here on let your voice be heard um, later on
3: I mean like I'll give you a perfect example and it leads into our next story which is you know somebody who is a person who would propose a policy that I would like is somebody who would rein in the NSA right Mm -hmm. and so right now we have a situation where uh, there was a possibility Justin Amash who's actually a very conservative libertarian um, but there is some crossover between you know uh libertarians and, uh, well, civil libertarians and liberals, in that Justin Amash proposed an amendment that would rein in the government's ability to be able to spy on us. That's something, as liberals, I think we would agree with him on. Um, And so, but yet, the people in the House uh, and the Senate, or actually it was the House, I believe, voted against adding this amendment, meaning that they want to continue to allow the government uh, to use the FISA courts, the Foreign Intelligence Service Courts, um, to obtain secret warrants and spy on American citizens, which is some of the stuff that was disclosed by Edward Snowden. Um, you know, I want somebody who's a candidate who's going to run on a platform of reigning in the NSA that and p- protecting the Fourth Amendment. The government shouldn't be spying on that person. Now, does that mean I'm going to vote for a libertarian like Justin Amash? Probably not, because I don't agree with them on anything when it comes to economics. But obviously, you know, like this is part of this sort of plays in together, which is, you know, you have to look for people that have policies that you support, which is the point that I was trying to make
1: before. You know what a policy that I care about? Internet freedom. So as we know, Donald Trump's lackey got rid of net neutrality, which is the, pretty much just like a policy that says that everyone has to get a fair entryway into the Internet. You can't charge people different prices for different things. That was stripped away by the um, FCC chairman and, and um, I think a 3-2 to vote. So now, because Democrats were able to build enough support in their party, they had 49 votes, pardon me, 50 votes in favor of reinstating net neutrality. And then Susan Collins, a Republican, has just said that she is going to come in and vote in support of that as well, which means that despite the FCC's best efforts, we might be able to prote- save internet protection for working people. Let me ask you, now, what
3: makes you think that Trump's going to sign that bill? Right.
1: Mm, that's a good point. Yes. But, but And do but, they
3: have enough votes to override a presidential so, veto?
1: No, they don't have enough votes to override a presidential veto, but Trump is dumb enough that he might just sign it. But then also, <laughs> it's <laughs> not right? necessarily that's that's about true. how dumb or racist or bad Trump is or how many votes we can get. It's about someone having enough cojones or women parts to push this through <laughs> and fight for people. Because if we're yeah. speaking honestly, repealing net neutrality does a lot of things. Doesn't just, and you know potentially impact how much your internet bill is going to be, it allows internet service providers to block certain content from you. Mm-hmm. For example, they could block Let Your Voice Be Heard From You, or they could block a website that is giving you information about illegal things Republicans and Donald Trump is do- are doing.
0: Yep, So yep.
1: this is really important.
0: No, it, it is. It's extremely important, and it also would hurt the most disenfranchised people, like people of color, uh, people who want to uh, enter into business or start up a business using a website. It puts us all at a people disadvantage. People want
1: flat tummy tea on Instagram. <laughs>
0: hey, <laughs> why not? Like, no, it, it's, it's it's pretty well, You know, I just
3: wanted to add to that. I was also reading this week that the states are going to push back. I mean, here's the other thing and that the states have a role to play in this. Yes, the FCC is the agency that basically gets to regulate the internet from the federal level. But that doesn't mean that the states cannot create their own laws. Like we see them do a lot And so there's been numerous states that say We're going to pass our own net neutrality laws Within the state Who knows if that will happen here Because we have our own problems in Albany As I'm sure Jackie and Stanley (laughs) can very well tell you Um, But, you know, there's nothing that really can stop Well, there is, sort of Which I'll get to in a second from a legal perspective But the states can pass their own laws Saying you can't throttle the internet You can't block certain websites And then those internet service providers If they operate in that state Would have to comply with state law Or... they would have to bring a lawsuit, which they would have to make the argument that the state government does not have the right to regulate the Internet, that only the federal government does. And then it would be up to the courts to decide whether or not the state's authority, um, you know, state exceeded their authority by passing those types of laws. Yeah. So there are other things. My point is there are other ways that we can save net neutrality by keeping pressure on our local elected officials, but on our state elected officials. At the end of the day, yes, Donald Trump can have a big impact on our life, but all politics is still Local, yep. No,
0: very How true. Local we, is can, we can, <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue to basically resist. Um, I do want to bring up uh, one last story, and we probably have some time for. Yeah. So this morning, Aziz Anarsi, um, he's a well-known comedian. He just I'm sorry, won. Un- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Who's sorry. I'm sorry sorry guys Aziz, I'm sorry I'm sorry well he is really sorry so apparently <laughs> an expose came out in babe.net yeah. uh, this woman she um this young Brooklyn based photographer came out and said that she went on a date with Aziz and apparently things went drastically wrong um she was inside of his apartment and he said that she said he forcibly kissed her at one point he stuck his fingers down her mouth and performed a sexual act on her uh he 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 did a lot of things that were inappropriate appropriate um she told him she said that she gave nonverbal cues that she wasn't into it and then eventually she gave some verbal cues um and you know and then he was like okay let's just sit back and chill on the couch but then he that's when he forcibly kissed her so and she ended up leaving um leaving his apartment she said she was in tears and he's just been trending and people are saying well aziz your time is up the irony here is last week when he won that Golden Globe, he was wearing the pin. Time's up. So it looks like Aziz is the next yeah. one to bite the dust.
2: I read that. I read that read expose this morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was hard to read. You know, I, I've been a fan of his and I read his book. He wrote a book called Modern Love about dating and has very much pegged himself to be this quote unquote nice guy. Um. And something I (sighs) I've learned and, you know, like Stanley and I have had conversations about this um, is there are a lot of men who consider themselves to be nice guys, quote unquote, but then just hate women or are really angry at women for not liking them because they are these quote-unquote nice guys. Um, And so I think, you know, reading this story, I don't know, I resonated with it a lot. I I could see myself in a position where you're with this guy who says he's a nice guy, he's really funny, and then it's like super aggressive, and you kind of don't know what to do or what to say. I mean, what was interesting to me was that you know, she talks a lot about nonverbal cues and verbal cues. And while, you know, I, I'm a big believer that you you don't just speak with your words, right? You definitely give verbal and nonverbal cues to people um, that should understand what you mean by them. Um, I think it's always important, especially when you're in a position where you're uncomfortable to give verbal cues and say explicitly, I'm not OK with this or I don't really yeah. want to do this, which she did.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, like, I kind of got a mixed reaction to it because it seemed like at one point he said um, she texted him afterward and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry sorry i he said like i misread your, you know your signals i'm so sorry i'm i didn't mean to do that and like if you're reading the piece it sounded like they were chill at one point and they were kissing at one point but then it was like when he grabbed her breast she didn't think that was she, she was like okay that's inappropriate but like it was really hard for me to like say like okay where was that that line because it did at one point it seemed like they were like you know, two adults engaging into you know mm-hmm. some role you know romantic activity.
3: That that line is where she no longer consents. You right. know, I mean, like here's the thing, and obviously, nonverbal cues are hard to read, which is why she you gave know, a lot. Um, use you know, words. use your words. Like, if you're in a situation with somebody and you consent to kissing them, and then they go to touch your breast and you don't consent to that, say. I don't consent to that. Just because I consented to kissing you doesn't mean I consent to that. You know, um, you know that that to me is—and then you know that, that consent is revoked um, because sometimes nonverbal cues are not necessarily picked up by universally. So use your words. If you feel uncomfortable, say you're uncomfortable. Say you don't consent. I obviously believe this woman and her accusations, um, but I did want to read you some comments that I'm seeing from people that are um, obviously— I don't want to say not believing her, but just, you know, because we try and— uh, give the um you know the full picture here on let your voice be heard so there's plenty of yeah Mm -hmm. unfortunately but there's people on the on the internet on twitter um that are obviously they're not Necessarily defending him But they're saying Like for example This one woman uh, Christine says I cannot stand As he's and sorry But after reading The photographer's first claim The Me Too campaign Has officially become a joke Accusations are not guilt Every accused man or woman Should be given an opportunity To defend themselves Stop cheapening the experiences Of real victims Now I, I obviously Don't know if this woman I, I'm going to assume She is a real victim um, But I will say From a legal perspective At least And not from a, a perspective Of um, public opinion In public opinion we can say whatever we want, believe whatever we want, choose to believe women or not um, in a court of law. Yes, accusations are not guilt. And everybody does have the right to defend ourselves. So we have to be very clear when we're talking about these issues that, you know, there's the court of public opinion and there's a court of law and the standards are different in those places.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's well said. Be verbal, as verbal as possible. Like, speak up. If it's uncomfortable, say it. And I think that on the other end of that, I think guys need to be um, really cautious about their intent. Like, if you guys, if you have someone coming over and you want to have sex with them, Put that in a text message, document that, say like, hey, like, I mean, you don't have to like take the fun out of it, but I think that we're in a society, I think we're in a society where you need to be direct because you don't know how that other person's interpreting your advances.
1: So for single guys, you're on a date and you guys are having a great conversation, pick up your phone, send her a text message that says, I tend to have sex (laughs) with you. I would appreciate that. Or if you want to be crass, say, hey, what's good with them? No, butts? but
2: I, I think that we it becomes uncomfortable for people to verbalize how they're feeling. And I think that we need to create a culture where it's okay to express how you're feeling, where it's yeah. okay for you to say like, hey, I would like to do this. Or, hey, I don't want to do this, yeah. right? And I think that's true in relationships with people in general. Like, you should be able to express how you're feeling if you're okay with something, if you're looking for something, you know, if, you, if you're if you clear about your intentions, then I think that that does away with a lot of these issues. I
1: know we got to go on a break in a second, but I just want to say, just picking up where Jackie started off from is I used to be a nice guy too
2: yeah right Um, you were the the president of the nice guy club you still are a nice guy no 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 no, 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 no. no, no. not not like a literal nice Nice guy guy, like like, Stanley was like I'm a nice guy why don't women yeah it's
1: like I didn't you know I said hello to her why didn't she have sex with me right you know (laughs) I paid for that for the KFC five dollar box why didn't she want me Oh, you know, like that kind of nice guy. Yeah, the nice guy where you come, you you do things because you think you like if you do them, you now deserve sex. I was one of those guys, so mm. um, I, I get both of those things, and like the nice guy essentially, obviously, is not a healthy one and it's an incorrect one where you're not looking at women as people, yep. but you're looking at them as like objects or as like a prize you like get Like trophies. When yeah, you like like in Batman, if I can glide for t- one minute straight, then <laughs> I know I, you get a trophy, you get the glider trophy, and that's how I was treating vagina. Um. <laughs> We don't like we I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this woman seriously. I'm gonna believe her. Don't care what Zizan Sari has done. This does not look good. We have to take women seriously.
0: Definitely. And on that note, another thing we have to do is take a break. Guys, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Donald Trump's latest inflammatory remarks, this time about the African nations, Haiti and El Salvador. Don't go anywhere. This is let your voice be heard. But I'm not
1: Right we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHC, or the Voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, why are you just tuning in? It is 11.36, 42, 43 p.m. No, AM, right?
0: A.m. <laughs> I,
1: I can never get the time. Where right, are guys. you? Did you give the seconds? Yes, I did. It was right here what? What on my board. I am in the studio with Selena Hill, Jackie Cohen, Alyssa Fuchs, and of course, we got a secret special guest in here, but he is just watching quietly
2: <laughs> with the
1: flat top and the orange hoodie. I see you, beloved. I see the style. So, guys, as much as I love to have fun in the studio and I love to have fun with you on Facebook Live and on Ustream and on FM and on podcasts, I am not here to have some fun. I am here to tell you what your dirty, orange-faced racist president of the United States has recently said. While in a, quote-unquote, bipartisan meeting with a group of Republicans and two-and-a-half Democrats, the president was being told about the immigration, um, immigration policy and then... When told how many Haitians were coming into the country, he said, Haitians, why do we want them in the country? We don't want them here. They come from assholes. He said the same things about people coming from African countries as well as people coming from South America, places like El Salvador, so on and so forth. He felt that we shouldn't be letting these people into the country. We should be letting other people in, like people from Norway. You know who's from Norway? White people. Really? What? Yes. So... I think it's obvious at this point that we are all upset with Donald Trump and we all think he is racist and we all think he is a garbage human being but then on this day, which just happened a couple days ago, Donald Trump once again just reaffirmed what it means to be a white supremacist in the United States of America but the way he did it this time was just by reminding us of just how insidious whiteness works because whiteness is so disgusting whiteness is so poisonous whiteness is so oblivious that you can go after black and brown people and black and brown countries and try to push black and brown bodies out of here and not see a problem with your behavior. Meanwhile countries like Haiti, like El Salvador like parts of Africa where the United States and the institution of whiteness all around, all around the world has gone and pillaged and raped and stolen and and taken from has put a lot of these places in the bad situations that they are in now. For example, after Haiti washed France during the Haitian Revolution, the United States refused to trade sugar canes with them. You know why? Because they sided with France and then they forced Haiti to pay France reparations for their slaves. This is the kind of things that we are talking about over here. And as long as white supremacy exists, this is what we will have. But in this conversation, I am not here to rant and rave about how how corny the institution of whiteness is or how Donald Trump needs to be impeached and put in a hole so we never hear from him again, we are here to have a deeper conversation about what this means for our country. So now, there, were, there was not just Donald Trump in that room. There were Republicans in that room. There was the same corny, thin-lipped, racist Republicans in this room. And a lot of them said nothing. What does it say about a Republican Party that since this has happened about two days ago now, there really hasn't been much strong retribution or accountability thrown Trump's way when Republicans have power? Selena?
0: Yeah, so, I think you said Lena. I oh, love Liz that. Lena. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it, it shows that the Republican Party lacks moral... Moral cowardice, that they are incompetent when it comes to speaking up and representing constituents outside of the races that vote for them. It shows that they have no backbone and it shows that they're complicit in racism. I mean, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, he did tell Tim Scott that he heard the comments, but he has not gone out and said this in the public. Like, why are you only telling your colleagues if you know what he said was wrong and you were ballsy enough to speak up at that meeting? Eating, you need to speak up on the public platform and let everyone know that you don't support this. Because if you're saying silence, your silence is being interpreted as you're being complicit and you support this.
3: Right. No, I, I, absolutely. I mean, but the, the the problem is bigger than that because it's not all about what they say. I mean, I, I'll agree with you. Paul Ryan's response like his, every response he gives is just like the weakest tea I've ever yeah. had in my life. Um, but at the same time, this is the same kind of thing where Republicans come out and they condemn certain things and they say their Certain things, but then they, they propose and vote for pieces of legislation that perpetuate these types of racist, xenophobic policies. So it's not good enough to just say, oh, it's not appropriate for the president to call these countries ish holes or, you know, for the president to say racist things. I mean, if you look at the piece of legislation that they proposed this week, which is called the Securing America's Future Act, um, which has already been passed by the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, it it does things like eliminates quote unquote chain migration and creates renewable temporary visas for the parents of citizens reduces legal immigration by 260 thousand 260,000 people a year, which is a decrease of 25%. Reforms the agricultural guest worker program, which is mostly brown people coming to work on farms. Sends additional ICE agents to high-risk embassies overseas to vet visitors and immigrants. Adds 5,000 border patrol agents and uh, 5,000 CBP officers. Makes E-Verify mandatory for all employers. This is just a few of the things. So if you look at the things being proposed in this bill, um, you can see that the Republicans can condemn Donald Trump all they want for these comments. But at the end of the day, they are proposing a right-wing, racist, xenophobic piece of legislation. And so anything that they say is totally empty comments as far as I'm concerned. Jackie? Yeah, I mean, and I think that what,
2: you know, a lot of the reaction to Trump's statements were, oh my God, I can't believe he used that word, right? And while, first of all, like, of course he used that word because he it was the most trump statement i've ever heard in my life um it what it signifies isn't just that he used profane language it's it's the sentiment of a lot of people especially in the right but i think throughout the country which is that you know we view immigrants in this way we view black people in this way why you know we don't want them here in the first place why would we allow more of them into our country we don't even want the people of color in this country who are you know Americans to be here, so why would we want to welcome in immigrants of color into this country? So I think that what he said was met with sort of weak response from the right because a lot of people agreed with him, even though if even though they didn't agree with his tone and language that he used, they absolutely agreed with the sentiment. Right, they're
1: pandering to the base. Well, can I ask a question? Because I've seen a lot of people defend it and say, "Well, we know Haiti is an asshole, El Salvador is an asshole, Africa is an asshole." So if who these people who are saying these we know these people they are our neighbors they are our friends well not my friends but they are family (laughs) members and every day people have to try to talk about economic anxiety but these people agree with the what trump said what does it say about them and how do they look at people like me i'm haitian my mother's haitian my dad's from dominica what does it What does that say about those people that look like me? And like why should someone like me who was Haitian and now who now knows people think I come from an asshole and who think this lowly of me, like who why would I not want to put hands on them and instead of like having a quote unquote bipartisan conversation? Right.
3: right. I mean listen, it's 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 they obviously these people are racist. This is coming back to if you say racist things, if you believe racist things, if you propose racist policies, you are racist. And to add insult to injury is the fact that, you know, he didn't say and these people are not saying Like, let's apply these immigration standards to all people. I mean, Donald Trump was very careful to point out we should take more people from Norway. So, you know, if these people believe uh, the people you're talking about that agree with Donald Trump believe that we should take more people from Norway, then it becomes very, very clear that they too are racist and or complicit in the racism. Well, it becomes clear that they
2: don't have an issue with immigration as long well, as immigrants right, exactly. are white, right? That's, and and yeah. what I loved is I was reading responses from people um, from Norway after Trump made these statements who were like, actually, we're good. Like, we definitely don't need to come over there. We're, we're pretty good right here. So thanks.
0: Well, and, and Stanley, just to answer your question directly like number one the president expressed extreme ignorance like for him to not understand all of the contributions that uh, african people have made to this entire world haitians i mean and and in people from el salvador like it, it just show it just shows who he is and it also shows that he how he the lens of the world that he looks through right when it comes to black and brown people i mean haiti has contributed a lot even to when we look at like louisiana and new orleans culture like that's a lot that was um directly influenced by haitian immigrants uh if you think of africans like the africans african people built the house that donald trump lives in right now it's that's the white true. house i mean you, you know i think if we just look at the facts and like how beautiful their landscape is how how economically empowered so many african nations are like africa is a continent and for him to loop every single person from this continent and call them economically troubled and and struggling it's just not true.
1: Well I want to I get what you're saying and I I think it makes a lot of sense but it's something I want to talk about more when we go on break but the thing I want to ask you guys is like and think about this is why is it when Trump or any of these people make racist or hurtful comments about communities of color or like underrepresented groups the first thing we talk about is like their contributions who cares? They're people. Right. Let's really think about that.
0: No, no, that's a that's a great uh, point to make, Stanley. Like these are human beings and no matter where they are on the economic spectrum, these are lives. And a lot of them are are disadvantaged uh, because of white supremacy. And if anything, we should be giving them a helping hand. On that note, we do have to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We will continue this conversation right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. i
1: Donald Trump is an asshole, so are Republicans, woo. <laughs> We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the Voice of Parliament. What's poppin' Facebook Live? What's going on, podcasters? What's shaking you stream? If you were just tuning in, we are talking about Donald Trump's racist remarks about countries like Haiti, um, the entire continent of Africa, El Salvador, and other South American countries. And before we continue with the conversation, I know Jackie is going to read a comment off of Facebook Live.
2: Yes, we got a comment from Quelly Black who said the White House and Congress have found the perfect mix of smoke and mirror bait and propaganda to keep a fanatical core base energized and keep the large majority of people focused on Trump's comments while Ryan cuts our limbs off. And I think that's a really great and sort of, you know, echoes what Alyssa was saying before that while we're all shocked and horrified at what Trump is saying, you know, it's it's not even it's you know, you can't call it a dog whistle. It's it's just a whistle to his base to say, hey, look, I'm doing the racist thing that you really like, like, Mm -hmm. you know, support me. And it keeps us on the left, shocked and horrified about how could he say something so hurtful and so racist. Meanwhile, Congress is pushing through actual legislation um, that does a lot of damage with very little notice.
1: You know what this legislation reminds me of, actually? And I've been Uh, thinking about this a lot. Dumpster fire? Yeah, dumpster fire. Yeah. But I think I I, I might be getting the bill name wrong, but the Japanese Exclusion Act that happened Mm -hmm. in the 1800s, we've seen Mm -hmm. this before. When Americans, the government brought a whole bunch of Japanese people into the country to help build the railroads, and the Japanese built the railroads, and then they were like, whoa, where are all these Japanese people coming from? Get the hell out. Or the Alien Exclusion Act. Or when the United States government made every single white man in the country a legal citizen but wouldn't do it for women or people of color. This is not different, but weren't we supposed to learn from these things already, Alyssa?
3: Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to learn from them. Look at... I mean, this is a country that literally was built on racism and slavery. For a long time, there was literally a Supreme Court ruling that said black people were only three-fifths of a person. That stood for a very long time. It wasn't until 1954 that we ended segregations in schools. And even after the Brown versus the Board of Ed ruling, and I'm mentioning this because Martin Luther King Day is tomorrow, and this plays into this conversation about racism and immigration, it still took the states almost 10 years to desegregate the schools. And even today, a place like New York city has the most segregated schools so i don't want to digress too far off topic but this should not come as a shock to anybody that people in this country are racist
0: um i'll add to that This is also not the first president to use racist and derogatory language about different ethnic groups. However, Trump may be the first president who is bold enough to do it on a public stage and stupid enough to do it in front of an opposition party. Let me add to that. But is it
3: stupid? Because his people are still supporting him. Right. And and they
0: love it when he does it. Right. Like they
2: their support for him grows and gets stronger when he does this.
1: So Let's make sure we're talking about who his supporters are, too. White people still love him in the Republican Party. Let's be clear right. about
0: that. No, th- that, that's true. But I'm just saying that like if you for him to t- continue to deny it to this level, I mean, it shows that he knows at least there's someone saying like that wasn't the smartest thing to say. But I will say that uh, President Lyndon B. Johnson, like so Alyssa just brought up um, MLK. President Lyndon B. Johnson, he was the one who signed the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. However, he was not shy about using the N-word when it came to talking about African-Americans. He also called them ungrateful children. Mm. Uh, He also said that Vietnam was a, and I quote, little piss ant country. Um, And also, I wanted to talk about Richard Nixon, another president who has used a lot of racist inflammatory language as well. We learned this from the transcripts from the White House uh, Russiagate, um, excuse me, Watergate (laughs) investigation. (laughs) Okay, that was actually good. It's easy to get them conflicted here, but he used anti-Semitic language behind closed doors. He actually referred to Henry Kissinger as, and I quote, "Jew boy." So I mean, presidents, (laughs) every single president
3: has, well, not every single one. Woodrow
1: Wilson actively pushed all the black people out of the federal government. George
3: Washington owned slaves. Yeah, right. Right. As did Andrew Jackson, and 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 actually. Um, Abe Lincoln, who freed the slaves and signed the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, Proclamation, actually is on record somewhere, though I'm not exactly sure the direct quote, of saying that he personally favored slavery, but he also believed that it was not okay to have a society where certain people are free and certain people were slaves. And a lot of people don't even realize that or don't know that.
1: Jackie?
3: I mean, I think you're right and
2: this isn't new that and certainly you can listen to recordings of lbj or nixon there's plenty of them um where you can hear them use this language it's nothing new and it's disheartening to to think that we are in 2018 already and things have not changed and the president still feels it acceptable to use this kind of language when talking about people of color but i think ultimately you know getting back to trump's statements it says less to me about trump We already know who Trump is. It says less to me about him than it does about the state of this country and the fact that there are people who not only don't mind him using this kind of language or making these kind of remarks, but are invigorated by them, who think that this is the kind of language that is acceptable that I want to hear from the commander-in-chief, from the president of the United States. This is the attitude that I want him to adopt because this is how I feel about people of color. And I'm going to get out and vote for him because he made these remarks. I think it says more about the state of our country and the strength that racist, patriarchal, you know, stronghold has over our country than anything else.
3: Right. I mean, and listen, look at some of the things. If you just look at the litany of things that he said since the campaign, we have Africa, Uh, ish whole countries, Haitians have AIDS, Nigerians live in huts, he said Puerto Ricans were lazy, he said black Americans were ingrates, he said Mexicans were criminals and rapists, he said Muslims were evil terrorists, he said women, grab them by the you-know-what, and when it came to the white supremacists, he said... Oh, well, there's fu-
1: some just very fine some people. Some very fine people.
3: So if you were not sure <laughs> what's going on, here's a memo. Donald Trump is racist.
1: I'm, I'm with Jackie. I don't think, and we're about to close the conversation now, so I'll just, I'll just do this now, but who cares about Donald Trump? I think he's more stupid than he is racist, and he is racist. He's very racist. I care about the Republicans who are in power, who have seen what he can do for them and is like pull, pulling out policy that is hurting black and brown people and women and queer people and, and trans people. I'm really bothered by the white supremacists like David Duke, who felt super empowered from those comments, who went on Twitter and said, just when you're losing hope, he says something to make you love him again. I feel like I'm a lot more concerned with the bright parts of the world and the Fox News of the world and the, old, the racist teachers in the schools who are there they, they bother me a lot more because you know what the only thing scarier and more powerful than a white supremacist or somebody as hateful as donald trump is one with power because every chance they every time they have power they attack those that they hate we saw it with woodrow wilson we saw it with nixon hell we saw it a little bit with lbj and he actually was pretty good on the issues eh, for the time so When they have power, they will go after you. His words don't mean anything because the Republicans keep on signing the contracts to let him hurt and purge black and brown bodies. And that is the most dangerous thing. So I see a couple hands. Real quick, guys. Jagged and Selena.
2: I mean, I think while his comments here didn't reveal anything new, I think we should care about what the president of the United States has to say. Well, will tell
1: y'all cousins to stop voting for him, and we won't have to. For
2: sure, but in the meantime, I mean, you know, we started the show off talking about the false ballistic missile threat um, uh, alert that Hawaiians received yesterday. I mean, we live in a country now where the president is willing to taunt leaders of other nations and threaten nuclear war via twitter so you know we need to care about what he says because when he's offending other nations that's going to come back um and we are going to be the ones oh. that have to deal with the fallout from that literally if you
0: know if things escalate the way that they sometimes seem that they might
1: so it really quickly
0: yeah no, no i just wanted to say that we're seeing the fallout now um africa who uh, um who's Definitely been an ally in, in certain aspects. They've said, like, you know, people, uh, different African ambassadors said that uh, they definitely did not appreciate uh, Donald Trump's remarks. Of course, they use stronger language in that. Um, even we saw what happened in London. You know, Great Britain is one of our strongest allies. And they were like, don't come over here with all that nonsense. You know, President Donald Trump had to cancel his trip to London uh, over the latest inflammatory remarks. And they,
2: like, invented racism for them. To, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so
0: so it's, it's definitely a lot of international fallout.
1: It doesn't matter because the people here will hold them accountable. Guys, we got to close this conversation out. Once again, thank you, as always, for tuning in to Let Your Voice Be Heard. If you didn't have a chance to hear the whole show or you want your friends to listen to the show, you can get us via podcast wherever you get your podcast from, which is iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and maybe sometimes if you put a, a cup to the wall, you can possibly hear the content there. With that being said, guys, thank you so much, as always, for supporting us. And, you know, if you haven't given to us yet, give to us on Patreon. Yeah, Selena? Yeah. Oh,
0: no, no, no. Continue. All
1: right. get to us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash heard.
0: And let me just say really quickly, thank you guys for uh, for uh, everyone who called in listened in. But I will say that... Continue to stay informed, educated, and empowered. Yes, this is harsh. We still have at least another year, year and a half, but make sure that we continue to vote and hold the local officials accountable so that they can at least push back on our president uh, on some level and aspect, guys.
1: See you next time.